this happened to me when I was from 11 to 12 years old. This was a little over a decade ago. My family and I moved to Philadelphia from New York, and we loved the neighborhood. The owners of the house next door were wonderful. They didn't live there, but they rented out their house, and they were also from New York. She told us that she had new tenants moving in. However, the new tenants never showed their faces, and never came out during the daytime, only at night. One time me and my dad were out late at night, and he parked his car in the back of the house, and we have a gate. As he left out the car to unlock the gate, we saw a car pull up. Not just any car, a luxury car. We both looked at each other and pretended nothing was out of the ordinary. There were two people in the car, a guy and a girl. The girl had a hoodie on and the guy had a cap on. It was dark and we couldn't see their face. They said, Hey, how are you? My dad replied and they quickly chatted. However, the man kept his head down. I introduced myself briefly. The woman swiftly saying goodbye and they went to their house. We told our mom what we saw. But then again, he could have been running out the car. Who knows? There was another night where I heard people talking in the back, and there were a few cars parked in the back. Brand new cars, shiny and a few luxury cars. There were multiple different nights where you could hear voices, and people in and out of the house at night. That winter, it snowed a lot. It was around 8am, where me and my siblings would go out and shovel the snow, only to discover that our site had been shoveled or during the fall where the leaves would be swept up. One day, me and my dad were going out again during the day. Then this time we saw the same guy from last time, recognized his voice, came out and a different guy came out. The man said that we needed something fixed in the house and knew my dad was a handyman because he heard him fixing our basement. He then said, hey, sweetie, how are you? And I greeted him back. My dad said sure, he can fix it now, because we weren't going anywhere important. My dad went in there, was there for about an hour. When he came back out, the guy paid my dad with a wad of cash, and thanked him. The dude quickly went inside. We got in the car, and my dad told me that the dude gave him almost $600, for something simple, and didn't want him going around the house, because the house was a mess. My dad had no intentions of walking around the house, but okay. My dad said that there was a small door in the wall. I thought it was cool because houses with secret compartments and things of the nature and watching movies. A few weeks later, I was walking to the store and a guy was standing at the corner. Very clean cut dude. As I was walking, he said hello and I said hello back. Trying to stay away and didn't know what his intentions were. He asked, you from around here? I said, yes, why? Thinking it was a cop. Racial profiling and nonsense and yes, being that age and from New York. I was profiled a few times. He said, no, I'm just asking. Trying to buy a house around here. And wanted to ask people who lived here about the neighborhood. He proceeds to ask how the people were like and what my neighbors were like. I told them I never really seen them, but they seem cool and don't start trouble. He then asked, do you know what they do? Which I thought was interesting. But I said no, but they have some cool ass cars though. He said okay, thank you. 
and to enjoy my day and stay out of trouble. I told my dad what happened and my mom, and that was that. I later realized he was definitely a cop, after the next part below. Another few weeks go by and me, my siblings and my dad were in the basement just chilling. Then there was a loud bang and a loud scream coming from next door. We thought that was odd, thinking it was kids playing or something. My dad left out for a brief moment. Next thing you know, police cars swarmed our block. There was a helicopter ordering someone to get out. Scared, me and my siblings came outside, and you see cops going in and out of the house. The cops told us to stay back, because all you see were military-grade weapons and just bags, and more bags in the street. The cops asked me a few questions about them, and I just said that they didn't bother anyone, and that I heard a loud scream before I came in. He was just with us and making sure we weren't scared. Then my dad came and was screaming asking what happened. They told him about what was going on, and that we were safe. The news came and started asking my dad questions and whatnot. My mom raced home from work because she saw our house on the news. They were live. After that happened, we learned they seized over $1 million of heroin, cocaine, weed, and many other drugs. The weapons were dangerous, and usually the military has them. Not even the cops carry them. The U.S. Marshal came the next day and told us to make sure nobody comes inside the house or knocks on the door, and if they do, call them. But yeah, that's it. It was crazy and wild. So, I live in an apartment complex right next to a 7-Eleven, literally a two-minute walk from my door. So since all this quarantine lockdown mess, I've been staying up later than usual, till maybe 2 or 3 a.m. most nights. So last night, a little bit after 12, I had a taste for some chips and decided I'll go across the street to the 7-Eleven, which I go to regularly. So I make my way over and on my way, and I had to pass this man who was browsing on the Redbox kiosk. I don't think much of it. I go inside, get some snacks, pay, head out the door. As I'm coming out, the Redbox man is literally staring dead at me with these scarily bright eyes, light blue eyes, but not wanting to freak myself out even more, I say to myself, maybe he's zoned out, and in deep thought. I wander into La La Land myself sometimes, so by thinking that, I was trying to make myself more comfortable having to walk past this strange man. So I'm heading back to my apartment complex, which on this side of the street, has a creaky gate door. I realize as I'm walking, I never heard it slam behind me, like I always have before. I look back and this man is right behind me. Not close up on me, but still, definitely following. Once again, trying to ease my mind, I'm thinking he must be going home. But I also noticed he didn't have any disc in his hand. For as much as he was at the kiosk the whole time, I was in the store, taking my sweet indecisive time. So, not wanting to come off as scared, I kept my same pace, but I probably should have sprinted, because, fuck, being nice, anyways, I'm literally just a few steps away from my door, which is upstairs, and the man randomly calls out to me, hey, do you have a lighter? 
out of instinct, I turned my head. To the fact I knew someone was speaking to me and responded, No, I don't, sorry. I didn't want to just go upstairs because I didn't want to let this man know exactly which apartment I lived in. So I was planning on walking around until I lost him. But he asked me another question. Could I use your bathroom? I tell him, No, sorry. My roommates probably wouldn't be comfortable with me letting someone in this late. I don't have roommates, but I damn sure didn't want this man getting in ideas thinking I was by myself. I kept walking, but this man was still following me. I simply ask, Do you live around here? And he tells me, I have a buddy that does. And he was supposed to meet me across the way there, but maybe he fell asleep. I've never been here before, but I do know his door is number 201. Could you help me find it? 201 is my door. Plus, if you have a friend that lives over here, why are you asking to use my bathroom? I knew this man was lying and up to something. I quickly came up with, 201? That should be right past the pool, right next to the laundry area. My friends are waiting for me, so I should get going. My gut told me to head to my car, though. Because what if he watched where I was going and decided to give me a surprise later on? No, I watch too many movies and read too many stories uploaded here. So I start heading towards the parking lot. Not running, but definitely walking quicker than before. When I realize the man is chasing me at this point, I hurry up and pull my keys out of my pocket and get in my car and immediately lock the doors. The man starts pounding on the driver window telling me to Open the door, bitch. I can't help but focus on those creepy blue eyes, but I also notice he's reaching for his pocket. I start up the car before I can see what he's going to pull out. I heard a pop, but I didn't give a fuck at that moment, as long as I can get the fuck out of his presence. I drove maybe five minutes down the street to this Arco gas station and called the police. Waiting on the police to arrive, I noticed what the popping sound was. This wacko popped my back tire with probably a switchblade. Of course, when the police arrive and went to check the area, the motherfucker was gone. They did question the 7-Eleven clerk, and he let them know that the man had been up there a few times since the last week, and never had been a problem, but is obviously homeless. I'm still shook up about what went on last night, and I'm going to chill on the late night trips to 7-Eleven for a while. To the fucked up, red box man let's not meet again but if we do I have a taser for that ass on its way from Amazon try me so a little backstory first this was back in 2010 the end of my 8th grade year we were on a class trip to Washington DC and my dad came along as one of the chaperones the first night there were all unloading and getting into our hotel rooms. Well, apparently we had too many people. Too much weight on the elevator because they got stuck. Me being claustrophobic and having bad anxiety, I started to have a bad panic attack. Suddenly my dad turned into the Hulk and pried the doors open. We were actually only about 5 inches from being on our floor. So he opened the doors and I ran into my room and started to throw up and crying. My dad asked the teachers for permission to leave the hotel, 
and take me across the street to the gas station to get a soda, fresh air and to calm down. So we buy our sodas and our snacks and go sit on the back side of the gas station, which faced our hotel, to eat our snacks and get some air. The next morning we turn on the news, and that gas station had been robbed at gunpoint by three men at the same time we were sitting there eating our snacks, and we never knew it. It's scary to think of what could have happened had we chose to sit in the front of the gas station. So, to the three men that robbed the gas station, I'm glad we didn't meet, and I hope we never do. Let me start by saying meth is a hell of a drug. This happened almost a year ago, and still causes me to flinch occasionally. My boyfriend lives in a smallish town in central Pennsylvania. I work about 20 minutes away in a very populated tourist town, but live 40 minutes south, so I often stay over at least once a week, especially if I have to turn around shift. One morning, he and I decide to go get breakfast at a cafe, a few blocks away and set out on foot, enjoying the nice weather. As soon as we stepped off the porch, we were approached by a middle-aged balding man in windbreaker and holding up his hands. The backs of them facing us as he asked, Do you want to see my fingernails? I tried to speed up walking, replying with a firm no, but my boyfriend held my hand a little tighter and calmly said, No thanks, man. As we walked, my boyfriend told me about multiple times he had dealt with the similar junkies in the large city and he had previously lived in. He told me it's better to be friendly but distant rather than dismissive and skittish. We jokingly dub him Crazy Meth Head Fingernail Guy and figured he might be squatting at one of the nearby condemned houses and was moving on after a score. Fast forward to the next week and I'm arriving to spend the night with my boyfriend at about 9pm. There's no driveway to the house or off street parking and no available space in the front of the house so I park around the corner. As I get out of the car and grab my overnight bag and begin to walk up the street the same guy comes around the corner and asks do you want to see my fingernails but this time his fingernails are curled towards me the nails like talons I step back putting my SUV between me and the guy and letting a firm no he turns around and walks back around the corner now in that particular corner is a bus stop and my boyfriend's house is right past it there's no way for me to get to the house without passing the guy. My boyfriend works the third shift and isn't usually up until 10, so I decided to call his roommate, and thankfully he was home. I asked him to open the door for me and explain the guy in the corner. As I round the street, the guy took a step towards me, but the roommate was on the porch, phone in hand, and I waved crazy back at the guy. Getting into the house, the roommate asked if I was okay. Besides being weirded out, I was fine. He then told me about how this guy woke him up 3am, a few nights before screaming at the sky, about how unfair it was that he had to get a job, and the only place I would hire recently released meth head was an overnight janitorial position. Not long after, my boyfriend woke up, and after hearing about what had happened, wanted to tear into the guy, but he was gone. About a week later, the roommate who is also my co-worker, comes to work and tells me that the guy has been arrested. 
The house next to them is divided into three apartments. Two downstairs, one upstairs. The two downstairs have front doors facing the street, while the upstairs enters through the side street. Turns out the guy lived in one apartment downstairs and was standing out in the corner, and the other downstairs tenant let the dogs out to use the bathroom. One is very friendly, rather vocal chihuahua. She went up to him barking and wanting pets, so he just screamed at the dog to get away. The owner called the dog, but she didn't immediately respond. The guy completely lost his shit, screaming, cursing, and threatening the dog and the owner. The owner scooped up the dog and ran inside, but the man was on a rampage and grabbed one of the metal patio chairs and started slamming it against the glass storm door. Luckily, the police station is barely three blocks away, and the police arrived in moments and no one was hurt. The guy was arrested and put back in jail and the apartment has since been rented to another tenant. A few years ago, I was running a house in Northern California. The neighborhood was just outside the suburbs. It seemed like the perfect balance of having space and having nice neighbors close enough not to feel isolated. The area had no streetlights, so it was very dark at night especially if there were clouds blocking the moonlight. It didn't bother me though. It made my little house feel even more quaint on dark nights. I got home from work one day in midwinter. It was a cloudy night, so pulling up to my house, I saw only what my headlights and the front porch light illuminated. When I got out of my car, I caught a whiff of cigarette smoke. That was odd as I have never smelled that before around that house. I didn't see anyone nearby, so I ignored it and went inside. I had just got off the shift with a few hours of overtime, so I felt pretty tired. Even though it wasn't even 7 yet, I decided to go take a shower and call it a night. I woke up sometime later, sure that I had heard a noise inside my house. I wasn't worried right away because my friend would sometimes stop by to use my shower after work on his way to his night classes. I even gave him a spare key so he can stop by, even if it wasn't home. He would always text me to let me know beforehand though, and I hadn't heard my phone go off. I reached over to my bedside table and picked up my cell phone to see if my friend had sent me a text. The bright light from my phone screen and number pad blinded me. These were the days before phones had a light sensor that would dim the screen in the dark and this particular phone was so bright I could use it as a flashlight. Through squinted eyes, I could make out what I thought was a 6, but I couldn't tell if I had an unread text or not. I set my phone aside and called out my friend's name. There were a couple of seconds of silence before I heard loud footfalls as someone started running through the bottom floor of my house. I leapt out of bed and ran to the closet. They were already up the stairs by the time I had opened the door and stepped inside. The house has three rooms upstairs, two bedrooms on either side of the hallway, the one I was in, and a spare, and a bathroom at the end. The bedroom doors were both closed, but the bathroom door was cracked open. I heard whoever was in my house thunder down the hallway past my door, and into the bathroom. Thank God he did. 
that gave me enough time to open the attic access in the ceiling of my closet and hoist myself up. I had just started to lift myself up when the person ran back out of the bathroom. My feet were barely inside the attic when my bedroom door burst open. I heard footsteps run into my room and stop. When they didn't see me in the room, they ran back into the hallway and into the other room, which just had boxes stacked in the corner, some weights, and a table where I painted my miniature models. I guess they decided that if someone were hiding, it would be in the bedroom, because they charged back into my room and turned on the light. A moment later, the closet door was ripped open. I was crouched in my attic, just a foot or so away from the access, so I could try to stop them if they started to climb up. From my vantage point, all I could see was foam from their knee down. They were wearing dirty blue jeans and frayed cuffs and worn work boots. After a few seconds of looking in the closet, they stepped away and I heard a loud crash come from my room, followed by a scream of frustration and anger. That scream was the most unnerving part of the incident for me. It reminded me far too many of my stepfather who would scream in a similar way when he lost his temper. He would eventually be put in a mental hospital for several mental disorders that resulted in erratic and violent tendencies. The man in my house ran back down the stairs. I heard crashes and clatters as things were thrown around and furniture was knocked over. I stayed crouched in the attic. I had left my cell phone when I ran for the closet and I wasn't certain I would climb down without him hearing. After some time, the noises stopped. I started counting slowly. When I reached a thousand, I decided it was safe enough to climb down and call the police. The first thing I noticed when I exited the closet was the intruder had flipped my bed over. I assume in an attempt to find me. Then was the loud noise I'd heard after we stepped away from the closet. I couldn't find my cell phone, so I went to the landline by the bed and called the police. I waited in my room until I heard them call out from downstairs. The first floor was a mess, but I had expected that. Chairs had been knocked over, the sofa had been flipped, all the books, pictures, and knickknacks I had on shelves were strewn across the floor. The cupboards in the kitchen had all been opened, and all the boxes and canned food had been thrown to the ground. As far as I could tell though, the only thing missing was a single knife out of the wooden block in my kitchen. The police checked the house from top to bottom. They found that the side door had been forced open by something like a crowbar. They also found a few cigarette butts along the fence line, along with some foil and an empty pen tube, which the police said people often use to smoke meth. So they think he had been watching my house for a while. I realized he must have been out there smoking a cigarette when I got home. They collected up the evidence and told me I should stay with family and friends that night and get the door fixed as soon as possible. I opted to just not sleep. I moved a shelf over to block the broken door and spent the next couple hours cleaning things up. I would often go to the window with a flashlight and shine it along the fence line where the police found the cigarette butts and foil, but I didn't see anything. The next day I called to have the door fixed and motion lights installed at the back and sides of my house. I ran a phone cable up into the attic and added a landline. I never wanted to be stuck up there without a phone again. Nothing else happened at the house though. 
I lived there for another three years without incident. One more precaution I took was practicing getting out of my bed, going to my closet and climbing into the attic as quickly and quietly as possible. I even kept at it when I moved, except now I go to a crawl space at the back of the closet instead of the attic. I try not to think about what would happen if I had been slower, getting to the attic or if he had gone into the bathroom at the end of the hall at first. When I was eight, I started having visitations with my dad after my parents divorced. He worked more than one full time. So, on my 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday visitations, we'd usually have to do things that support his job. This Thursday, we went to Home Depot. I'd recently convinced myself that if I refused to go inside, we'd be able to leave faster. Usually, I was wrong. Anyway, I decided to stay in the truck and test my theory. What felt like 20 minutes into twiddling my thumbs with my eyes glued to the door, as the night got darker and darker. I got started on my seat by a man who must have ran up to the truck to knock on the passenger's side window. He immediately asked me to roll down my window. Since the car was off, I didn't even know how to do that. So I said, no, sorry, I can't. So he asked me to unlock the car door. Again, I didn't even think I could because I thought the car alarm would go off. And it always scared me when it did. So, no, sorry, I can't. So the man resorted to talking to me through the window. He said he needed to go into the store to get something he needed. But his baby is in the car and his wife is sick. He pointed over to a car across the parking lot and said that's his. He begged me to please just come over to his car so he can prove he has a baby and to watch the baby while he ran into the store to grab something. Due to my current predicament of being trapped by a car alarm and thinking my dad would kill me if I weren't there when he got back, I said no sorry for the third time to this man. Immediately after the words came out of my mouth, he ran away from the truck. I didn't realize until that point how fast my heart was racing, and I followed him with my eyes for a second. He didn't go back to the car he told me was his. I assumed this was because he was serious about finding a babysitter, and I felt pretty guilty that I didn't help him. I had no idea how my dad would feel. In my head, I thought he'd either go confront the guy and yell at him, which I didn't want because he needed help, or he'd get mad at me for not helping. So, I never told him. Either way, thanks to car alarms for not letting me meet this man. When I was 15, my mom, my younger sister, and I living in a not-so-nice apartment. My mom took the couch, my sister and I got the bedrooms. I got first choice in bedroom. So obviously I chose the one with the window. So there was the main floor, which was the lobby, and then the floor above was considered the first floor. I mention this because every other apartment I've lived in, the first floor was the first floor. Outside the apartment windows were fire escapes, with landings on the first floor. Above the lobby, it was summer, 
and about 4am when I was laying in my bed trying to sleep with the lights off. When the moonlight I noticed something out of my window. A flashlight clicks on and it's a man in his maybe late 30s. I throw the blanket over myself and I don't move because I'm terrified. He starts looking around my room with a flashlight, which felt like minutes, but in reality was maybe around 60 seconds. He then just left. I don't know where he went, and as far as I do know, he didn't come back. The next morning when leaving the building, police were there, and there was a pile of blood on the stairs between the lobby and the first floor. I have no idea if it was related, and it's been 15 years, so... I'm not sure I'll ever know. To the man outside my window with a flashlight, let's not mean. I've never posted one of these before, but recently my friend brought up the story that I basically repressed, and I figured people on here would be interested. I'm also using the names from the sweet life of Zack and Cody. It's 3am so my brain can't come up with actual names. Before I begin I will clarify right now that I absolutely never led this kid on. Everyone who knew about it while it was happening will say the same. I'm not a flirty person and I was careful not to say or do anything to make this boy believe I was into him. So we are traveling back 7 years, all the way back to when I was 14 years old. It makes me feel old as heck. I was at a high school sport event, it was Friday night game. I can't remember if it was football or a baseball game. All I know was it was the last day of school, before spring break. I wasn't super into school spirit, I was an emo kid and a loner for the most part, but my best friend pressured me into going. I reluctantly agreed and looking back I wish I didn't. I've known her since I was like four. So if anyone can convince my stubborn ass to do something, it's 100% her. For the sake of anonymity, we'll call the stalker boy Zach and my guy friend Cody. So I met Zach through my friend Cody. I probably spoke to him for three minutes. Honestly, it was more like an introduction, and I didn't vibe with the way he stared at me. So I went back to all the girlfriends, and we continued the night. After I got home, I received a text from Cody, saying Zach thought I was pretty, and wanted my phone number, so he gave it to him. I didn't really think much about it. I mean, it's not that I wanted him to have my number, but I was super close with Cody, and was reliable, so he would never give my number to someone, if he thought something was off with them. So I wake up the next day, on a Saturday, and everything is fine. Towards the afternoon, I receive a text saying, Hey, it's Zach. I got your number from Cody. So, we had a small talk, basically. I didn't want to be a jerk, so I'd respond. Mainly because he was friends with Cody. So, I didn't want to be rude. After about 45 minutes of texting, he tells me he's leaving for a cruise and was really upset because I wasn't coming with him. So, obviously, I asked what he meant. And he said he would miss me and hated to be away from me for a week. I definitely thought it was extremely weird, but I figured it was sarcasm, or a joke. So I texted back saying something like, LOL, we've spoken for less than an hour. I think you'll be just fine. 
And he was like, yeah, I guess. From my perspective, I had a lot going on in my life. I was very anxious talking to people. I suffered from depression and daddy issues. I wasn't someone who could just be like, you're weird, locked number. I was very shy and just didn't know what to do in this situation. So I will admit I let it go longer than I should have, but I was 14 and didn't realize who I was dealing with to be honest. So he's on the cruise and I didn't hear from him for about a week. Then eventually he gets off the boat and tells me I'm the first person he wanted to text. He even said he couldn't stop thinking about me and all the fun things we could have been doing while on the trip. The rest is pretty fuzzy, but all I remember is Zach kept saying weird stuff, like how he wanted to get married in the future, and how we were soulmates, how he's never been in love with anyone. He became obsessed with me for some reason. If I didn't respond, he would text me every five minutes on the dot, asking if I was mad at him until I responded. It was very obsessive behavior. I would tell him I'm busy and he'd get upset. He just needed me to text him constantly. One day I basically told him that he was taking things too far and I was uncomfortable. I said I was sorry if I had somehow let him on, but I think of him more as a friend. He definitely didn't like that response. He was making fake Instagrams to harass me telling me he was going to kill himself because I broke his heart, calling me a whore. My first kiss was at 18, and my first boyfriend was at 19, so you do the math on whether I'm a whore or not. He was just saying anything and everything to hurt me. I spent six hours apologizing, while he was telling me I'm a horrible person and should kill myself. It was just a fucked up conversation. I could not get Zach to leave me alone for months. After that, my friends had to sneak me around campus to avoid Zach. I'd have to cut through buildings and take the long way to steer clear from him. Eventually, after a few months, he stopped harassing me online, and I actually thought I was free. Now, flash forward to sophomore year. After months of being in a chemistry class, I noticed my friend, we'll call him Max, had the same last name as Zach. It's an uncommon last name, so... I was like a little light bulb turned on in my brain, and I merely asked if they were related. And he rolled his eyes and said, yeah. I was like, holy shit. We ended up chatting and apparently I'm not the only girl Zach would harass. Max told me he got sent to another school and was put into therapy for basically being crazy and aggressive. Zach unfortunately was extremely abusive towards Max. I was relieved he was sent away. And Max was definitely more relieved that he was sent away. It just made sense why the harassment stopped so suddenly. Now we're entering junior year. Max had informed me his brother was enrolled back in our high school. Thankfully I had a heads up, but nothing would prepare me for when I saw him face to face. I walk into my English class and guess who's sitting in my goddamn classroom. If you guess Zach, you get a big ass gold star. The second we made eye contact, he smiled the creepiest smile I have ever seen. I was so scared, I almost shit my own spleen out. Thankfully, he never spoke to me or harassed me. However, he did spend every class staring at me, 
with that scary grin on his face. As much as I wish I was making this up, unfortunately, these are true events that really affected me in high school. When my friend brought it up the other day, it honestly felt like a fever dream, like I just forgot it was all real. It was hard spending two whole years of high school terrified of bumping into him, not knowing what he would do, especially after finding out everything his brother, Max, went through. But now it's been years since I had to deal with him, so, Zach, let's never fucking meet again, dude. Hope you've gotten the help you need. Being home under quarantine has me thinking about all the weird things that have happened to me over the years. This happened either my junior or senior year of college. It was a Friday night and I was bored. I didn't feel like hanging out with my roommates, and my boyfriend was out with his friends. So, I decided to drive to the local Barnes & Noble, and browse the books and magazines. I've been a bookworm my whole life, and hanging out at a bookstore has always been one of my favorite things to do. I've been there maybe an hour, and I was in the sci-fi selection, deciding which Octavia Butler book I wanted to read, and I noticed a guy staring at me from the opposite end of the aisle. He had a creepy vibe to him. His aura, and the way he was staring, gave me the heebie-jeebies, and I decided to ignore him hoping he'd get bored and go away. All that moment, my mom called me on the cell and asked where I was and what I was doing, basically checking up on me as moms are prone to do. I told her where I was and there was a strange guy making me uncomfortable. Normally, I wouldn't have told her this because my mom is very overprotective and gets worked up about me being safe, which I understand and I'm thankful for but she's a lot. So in that moment, I must have been nervous to share that with her knowing that she'd get riled up, which of course she was. I told her I was moving aisles and she wanted me to stay on the phone so she knew what was happening. I moved aisles and the guy moved aisles too. This happened a few times and I was finally done with his weirdness. I told my mom I was leaving and she suggested I talk to the manager about him. I told her no. I was parked close and just wanted to leave, and I'd call when I get home. Reluctantly, she said okay, and we hung up. I had decided to check out the magazines before leaving, so I migrated into that direction, and a few minutes later, here comes old Creepy. Suddenly, I hear a woman talking on the store intercom, and I realized I was paged, and was asked to come to the front of the store. They literally said my first and last name please report to customer service. What the hell? I thought. This night is getting weirder and weirder. Once I got there, the manager told me my mom had called. I told them that there was a man stalking me. Leave it to my mom. It was kind of embarrassing because I didn't want to make a big deal of it, but I truly was freaking out. I told the manager and she said, oh, that's so, so, he's here a lot. He's totally harmless. That irritated me. Harmless or not, following and staring at someone for over an hour in a store isn't cool. She said my mom asked if someone else could escort me to the car. And did I want that? 
I said yes, and she asked security to walk me out. The security guard was nice and said I did the right thing, and I felt better. He waited till I got in my car and I headed home. Of course, my mom called to make sure I made it home safely and gave me a lecture about speaking up when I was in a situation like that. Fast forward to the next day. I'd been out somewhere and was heading home just as it was getting dark. I pulled up in the driveway and there was a guy from the bookstore standing in the front of my house waving at me. I was freaking the fuck out backed out and immediately drove to my boyfriend's house and told him what happened. Obviously, he had followed me from the bookstore to my house, which was terrifying. My boyfriend drove with me back to my house, but of course the guy was long gone, or maybe watching out of sight. My boyfriend stayed for a couple of days, but the stalker didn't reappear. Shortly after that, I started seeing the stalker around town, at the grocery store a couple of times, and also at the laundromat. Prior to the night at the bookstore, I had never seen the dude in my life, so it was weird that he started popping up all over the place. He didn't say anything to me, but he would just wave. I didn't know what to do. I had no evidence that he was stalking me, and he hadn't harmed me physically. I didn't even know who he was. My boyfriend started staying at my place more. He was a pretty mellow guy, but looked intimidating about six foot four and maybe around 250 pounds and just as suddenly as his stalker appeared he disappeared and i never saw him again i guess my boyfriend scared him off thank goodness it was mid-july of 2019 when me and my friends were planning a weekend getaway at my friend's cabin. It was her grandfather's. When we would visit from Canada, he would let my friend stay with her friends for the weekend. Our parents would let us go only if we had a chaperone, cause who would let a bunch of 16 year olds and one 17 year old in a cabin for a weekend? My friend, who we will call S, decided to ask his older brother to look after us. He had just turned 25 the week before and said yes because he has nothing else to do. So, it would be me and they of my friends with his friend's brother. It was the day before the trip and I was pumped. I was still packing my bag when I got a call from an unknown number. I thought it was one of my friends, so I stupidly answered. When I answered, it was just some guy breathing. I hung up pretty fast and quickly texted my group chat. What happened? They said I was probably just nervous and excited for the trip. I thought they were right, and I was just being paranoid, so I put it behind me and went to sleep. The next morning was the day of the trip and my friends were picking me up. We piled into two cars and drove three and a half hours to the cabin. It was a nice cabin, private beach, five bedrooms and a fancy-ass kitchen. Me and my friend Jay shared a room. Also, probably should point out that it was six girls and two guys. So the girls shared a room, and the guys shared a room, and the chaperone slept on the couch. My room was on the first floor near the kitchen, which had a big window. This is a key detail for later. That night, we were partying pretty hard, as teenagers do. All of us were drinking, blasting music, and being stupid. It wasn't until 1.30 
we all went to our rooms and slept. It was about 4.30 when I got up and went to the bathroom. When I walked back, I noticed something from the window. It looked like someone staring at me. They waved and walked away. And I did what any rational person would do. Scream my fucking head off. I woke up my roommates and two of the other girls. They asked what was wrong, and I was panicking, saying that there was a guy outside. Jay went to the kitchen, and me to get some water, only to realize our chaperone wasn't on the couch, and the door was open. All of a sudden, he runs back inside, with what looks like blood on his hands. He asked me if I was okay. Pretty much everyone in the house woke up and asked what was going on. When we were all hungover or still drunk, our chaperone told us when he went outside to take the trash bags full of alcohol bottles, and he noticed what looked like some guy who fit my description. Tall, fat, wearing all black. He asked him if he could help the guy, and the guy started attacking him, which is when he ran inside. My friend called the cops, and they caught the guy the next day. When we were all eating breakfast, apparently the guy was peeping Tom in town, and would look into girls' rooms and take pictures of them naked. We were able to enjoy the rest of our weekend, but we all mutually decided never to go to that cabin again after that. Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please consider clicking that subscribe button and bell icon to get notified of all future videos. And if you have a story of your own you'd like to feature it on the channel, head over to my subreddit r slash jensenofficial. And if you want early access to my videos, you can head over to my Patreon, where only $1 a month gets you that, and also some fun other perks. I've also got merch now over my Spreadshirt, as well as I offer my videos and my podcasts that can be found on all major podcast services. All links will be located in the description field. I hope everyone has a good night. And remember, keep it spooky.